Metallica's Metallica Garage covers. Inc. covers were sick. Mm-hmm. And see, that's what that's one of the points I wanted to make. Garage Inc. was produced to standard of that time. And I mean, even think about uh BT Bam's covers album. Well, I guess it's not okay. It's not that they were playing to the original song, but they're playing to the original the band's original sound. Yes. Is like if they wanted to do super clear covers of it mm-hmm. and produce covers, they would have been Lamb of God, a Lamb of God one. Well, that makes sense. But they specifically went with Burn the Priest because it's the one that yeah. has there has that sound. So baked by in. changing the name of the band and releasing the album under that moniker, right. They've completely rebranded. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, that does make a lot of sense. To me. Like if we were to do a do a album under the name like The Big Bang. Mm-hmm. Or some shit like that, and it was all guitars. Yeah. Or if we did an episode of this, and uh, we talked about, you know, politics, and we could call it, uh, I don't know, are, Oh, are we are we doing the show? I assume we're doing the show. Hey, guys. Hey, what's up, y'all? Uh, we just over here talking about metal. Uh, I know it's supposed <laughs> to be about politics, but, you know, whatever. It's what we do. We so can't we help it. Uh, so, uh, Drew, busy week this week. Busy week, but, like, not busy week at the same time. Yeah. Because it feels like we just keep talking about the same shit over and over and over. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that is one of the things that's unavoidable with what we do is we are going to have to talk about the same thing every now and then. Um, This week, we do have some new developments in a lot of those areas, Mm -hmm. but uh, hopefully we're not going to bore anybody with the the recounting that we're doing, I guess. (laughs) It's not like it's going to be Florida when Al Gore was running for president. Deep pull. Deep pull. Yeah. It still hurts me inside. Like... Uh-huh. I mean, at least uh-huh. I didn't go as far back as well, making it's not a like, Howard okay. Dean refen- reference. It's, it's it's not as bad as, say... Okay, what happened in Florida is not as bad as, say, like... Someone intentionally working with a hostile power to use their intelligence services to hack their opponents and then use that information to win the election. Yeah, I, I hear that that's a, a bigger issue now than it has it been in the past. Be an issue. And yeah. And you know what? You know, I also thought it was a big issue, thought it was a huge issue at the time, was the FBI. Because it turns out in August, the FBI gave the Trump campaign and the Clinton campaign identical, nearly identical, briefings about Russian operatives trying to infiltrate their campaigns. Mm. Uh, this is important to note because this is actually uh, several months, this is about a month after the uh, RNC convention. Yes. Where Trump is supposed to have, uh, when he said, release the emails. Which yeah, was yeah. supposed to have been the signal mm-hmm. that he agreed to all these things, and also at the same time, Roger Stone was tweeting about that. Right, and yeah. and the FBI had actually already begun their investigation into the Trump campaign at this point. Yeah, so they actually knew the Trump campaign was in contact with Russians. Yeah, when they were telling them not to be in contact with Russians, and said, "Hey, by the way, if you guys know anything or come across anything, here's our number. Hit us up." Yeah, they could have made that really easy on themselves, but that would, I mean, it would have been too easy yes. for the Trump campaign, I guess, that we've we have established that at this point. After this brief, so this yeah. briefing was in August, uh, this briefing was before the Trump Tower mm-hmm. uh, meeting. Before August 2016. Right. Yeah. I keep mixing up 2016 and 2017 in my head. It's easy to do because those things, I mean, the timeline of events that transpired to lead up to the case that the FBI special counsel has stacked against them now, it's well, insanely convoluted. It's wh- where it gets especially tough is you're talking about the FBI investigation, and you're also talking about the special counsel investigation, which mm-hmm. are two separate investigations, one sprung from the other. But then they start to intermingle with each other. Well, they have to at that point, right? I mean, it's all under that same system, you know. And today, I think Trump spoke out about his regret in having just... Jeff Sessions be the head of the uh, Jew, uh, the Justice Department. The Justice Department. That's not that. Do you think anything comes of that? Uh, It's hard to say right now because, as we all know, we've covered it on the show previously. Donald Trump is not happy with Jeff Sessions. He's recused himself from the special counsel investigation. He has said he should have told me, and I would not have appointed him. Appointed him attorney general. Exactly, but. 
Look at the guy. I mean, Jeff Sessions, there's no way that he could have accurately foreseen any of this happening. It's a it's a huge mess. He I, was I don't think anything happens out of it. Jeff Sessions was in the room when Papadopoulos said, I have sources with Russian intelligence. When he said, I have Russian sources who want to meet you and want to be right. Want to provide help. Mm-hmm. Jeff Sessions was in that room, and we know he was in that room because that's what they told us. He yeah. was sit- There's a picture of him sitting on the other side of the table from Papadopoulos. The guy, Papadopoulos, was basically at the head of the table. Yeah, but the I mean— the foot of the table. And, okay, I want to clarify on my previous remarks. I don't think that— But that's, that's why— I, I don't Donald think that Jeff Trump- Sessions really is going to— uh, get fired for this immediately. I mean, maybe in the long run he will, but Jeff Sessions isn't going to get fired because Jeff Sessions knows where the bodies buried. Yeah. That's what I was getting at because Jeff Jeff Sessions does have inside info on this based on the stuff that we, that has recently been uncovered. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I would admit that maybe a reason that Trump is regretting his decision to appoint him into that position at this point. Right. But I mean, what can he do now? If well, he fires Jeff Sessions, then it's just going to be a huge red flag. I do. Okay. Jeff Sessions is a no-talent hack. Well, he's a talented hack. He's a talented political hack. I think Donald Trump thought he was more of a hack than he actually is. Yeah. Like, Donald Trump thought that he could bring in Jeff Sessions, br- intentionally brought him into these things. So that Sessions would stymie in any investigation mm-hmm. as the head of the Justice Department. And one thing that I think we need to make clear here is Donald Trump has, prior to his presidential uh, reign, viewed his ally, and I say reign because, it feels you like know. It's been so long. Yeah, exactly. I mean, let's, let's look at it realistically here. Uh, the guy is more yeah. of a dictator than he, than he is a democratically elected representative. Well, but. Or he wants to be. But I would say that he is probably at the point of Donald Trump's coming into office, viewing his allies more as uh, the way that he previously viewed his fixer, Michael Cohen, as just somebody that's going to sweep everything under the rug and take care of things that need to be silenced. And that's one of the, the main concerns that I personally have that hasn't really been brought up in the media the guy doesn't expect his allies to turn on him, but people—I mean, people are croaking like frogs out there. They're—they're they're turning over on him left and right. I guess that's like—that's the best part about this—is that before they were able to shield it, mm-hmm. and nobody really cared all that much to really dig into it. Yeah. But now that he's president, and now that it affects everyone, and it's actually in federal investigators' hands. People, they're going to apply pressure. People aren't going, aren't going to jail for Donald Trump. Right. And that's something that I think that he greatly underestimated when he was becoming president. Because he did not, he clearly did not take that into consideration when he was appointing any of these people to cabinet positions and, you know, huge, mm-hmm. significant government roles in the federal government. I, I think that he really thought all of these people would be on board with his cover-up and agenda, and it, it's hard for me to believe that all of those well, people didn't didn't kind of foresee a little bit of this, but they're all looking out for their own skin at the end of the day. The federal government is a completely different game than a business. True, but at the same time, we have to rely on politicians at the end of the day mm-hmm. to get him... To get him out of office on impeachment on on the actual charges and not have to wait, however many are the last few years right of his of his presidency, and, and whatever may come from that. I hate to bring up a new topic uh, related to that so quickly, but uh, didn't Rudy Giuliani say that even if impeachment trials were commenced, they wouldn't go through? No, no, no. Well, what Rudy Giuliani said. Is that uh, right now their focus is on getting to the public mm-hmm. because they have already they've already basically admitted that this is going to end in an impeachment trial. Mm-hmm. This is before this. Well, they've gone from negotiating to decide what they were going to or 
when they're going to do this interview to uh, saying that it's a completely illegitimate mm-hmm. investigation to saying it's going to come down to impeachment because they've decided they're going to impeach and that there's the only thing that we can do now is talk to the public because the public because the politicians are going to have to go to the constituents and deal with them. Yeah. So they've admitted now that everything that they're saying to in public is a PR campaign. And they're attacking this investigation before the investigation is even finished and saying I don't I don't understand how someone can attack an investigation before it finishes. Uh, saying they're gonna find me guilty, they're gonna they're gonna come with charges. They're definitely coming with charges. I mean, I'm not guilty. I'm totally not guilty, but mm-hmm. they're definitely coming with charges. I mean, that's not really a surprise compared to the rest of his reaction that we've had for oh, no, this entire time. But what gets me is how these people eat that shit up. That gets you like because target, I'm not surprised by that at all because that's the that's the foundational principle of partisan media that we've ha- I guess become accustomed to here. If you're one of those people and you're listening to this, which fucking congrats, thank you for hanging out and listening to our liberal dumbasses. Yeah, we're, just talk straight shit. Yeah, you're but about to be embarrassed on the internet. Think about think about your fucking loser cousin that's always making excuses and doing shit and talking about how, oh, well, you know, of course they're going to find this in here because they put it in there. And that's that's why it's there. Would yeah. you believe a word that came out of that dude's mouth? Because yeah. that's exactly what Trump is telling That's him. why they have to sell meth at Waffle House. They sell meth at Waffle House? Their they cousins have to. Do. Hold on, yeah. hold on. They have yeah, to. Yeah, they don't have it's to. Not a- Nobody has to sell meth at Waffle House. <laughs> I mean, at that point, do you it's- have to think, you know, that's a choice? I don't think so. Those are the people that need these government programs. That's why we're doing what we're doing. They're, they're, they're meth and hash brown programs? Yes. Oh, like, do you like your meth smothered or covered? I like my meth in uh, Adderall form, which is a prescription medication <laughs> that I take. Uh, no, for real, though, people do think that uh, methamphetamine... Well, the I take generic Adderall, right. and the name of it on the bottle is methamphetamine salts. Or no, not methamphetamine. It just says amphetamine salt. Sorry. I'm not just taking amphetamine like, salt. powdered amphetamine meth. Salt. So you're basically yeah. like you go into the doctor and the doctor's like, boy, have I got a cure for you. He's like, how are you doing today? And I'm like, <laughs> no, that's not what happens. But I, you, I, I have severe ADHD. It's a problem. Does this put you on straight meth? Does it come with a pipe or is it just like a straw? <laughs> no, but I can crush it up and snort it. I, it's, it's it's salts, I'm, so it sounds like that's like. No, are you supposed to parachute it. Uh, you can put it in a wet tissue and put it in your butt. So you don't freeze. Is that is that what you're asking? I'm not sure no, what no, the pa- terminology is, but I do put it in my butt. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't do any of that. Do you, uh, you coat your thumb and then it's gonna turn into another <laughs> one of those shower jerk up. Jesus Christ. I'm not trying to do that right now. <laughs> I got in enough trouble the last time we talked about this. Now we're gonna right, have well, a, let's let's, uh, let's still talk about jerk offs, but this one we'll talk about we'll move it on to Roseanne. Who got canceled? Whose show got canceled for being too supportive of Trump? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh no, that's not why this show got canceled. It's it, wait, wait, wait. You're no, no, no. It got canceled because the liberal media hates to see conservatives be successful, and it was part of it was part of a censorship program by Disney and George Soros. Okay, so that's a lot. That's a lot to to, okay. to kind of take yeah. in if you're if you're if you're just tuning in. Uh, that sign? Prove me wrong. But see, what actually happened was okay. Roseanne Barr mm-hmm. tweeted that uh, a a uh, a Democratic policy advisor okay. looked like the combination of the Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes. Whoa, that seems wrong. Who'd she work for? Uh, I, I don't remember 100%, but I know that she's a Democratic policy advisor. Well, as long as it wasn't Barack Obama. <laughs> so anyway, this, uh, Roseanne tweets about this lady, and uh, I found it interesting just to give some background, because I don't know if you've seen any of her, uh, her new, sh- the new episodes of her show, Roseanne. I have yeah, not. I'm sure where else about I have not. I've, okay. I've heard CNN talk about it when I was in Waiting Room. So... A little bit of background on this. Roseanne Barr was 
trying to run for the presidency under the nomination of the Green Party, okay. which was the party that nominated Jill Stein mm-hmm. in the past election. They also nominated Jill Stein when Roseanne was trying to run, but that's neither here nor there. She was trying to get their nomination. Okay. So the Green Party stands for some some pretty liberal ideals uh they're they're more towards green energy they're trying to use a lot of solar and renewables they're more about environmental conservation and uh, obviously ending interventionalism because green party and what and ending interventionalism interventionalism bring bring the troops home sure thing yeah let's get those troops out of the middle east so green party the green party does advocate for all of that and Donald Trump, when he first tried to run for president, gave her numerous shout outs about how she was running for some bullshit ideals and he hated her and a bunch of, you know, Donald Trump shit to say. Right. But let's fast forward to now. Yes. After Roseanne tries to throw her hat into the ring for the Green Party nomination, she gets on Ambien, which is a drug that is used to treat insomnia, and says that this lady is a combination of the Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes in a very racial tweet that has been much uh, abhorred. It's not racial, it's racist. Yeah, racist. Yeah, yeah. Totally racist. Racist. Let's get there. Let's be there right now up front. That is the... That's the top of the cake when it comes to racist tweets that I saw today. Today. Yeah, and... That's I must not have spent much time on Twitter today. Well, it's saying something because I'm I'm kind of in that uh, that echo chamber that okay. conservatives talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, Chris and I were talking about this earlier. I can't like we're it was it wasn't even about politics. It was about Pokemon, and I was talking about how I can't seem to find news about what the actual game is. It's just people many, saying this is awesome. There are too many articles about like fans' reactions to or yeah. people's reactions to or analysis of the. Yeah, and I'm not denying that news. I'm not in a, an echo chamber of sorts, but mm-hmm. I do source my news from a lot of different places. And she said that shit totally, a hundred percent. Yeah, and she said that shit. Undeniably racist. Roseanne says some racist shit. And I'm going to give myself a shout out on Twitter here really quick. I made a joke and I chimed in on the Ambien stuff. And I said, I took Ambien one time and, uh, you know, I tried to use it to relate to my conservative family members, but instead I just hallucinated a bunch and forgot how to read. And that those are serious things. Those are the actual things that happen on Ambien. You hallucinate, you forget how to read, you see some shadow people and then you pass out, Just wake, and you time. wake up and wonder wonder what happened at the end of the day. Yeah, but so Roseanne said that shit. Trump defends her because ABC canceled her show immediately. Yeah, immediately. Immediately. And he makes it about himself as he does with everything, and says, "Oh, I'm surprised ABC canceled her show. Where's my apology for the things that were said about me? Because they forced her to apologize. You know." That's to be expected with everything that Trump does is to make it about himself. But by taking this racial issue and this divide that already exists and widening it, widening it. Did you know that this is not the first time Roseanne Barr has called someone a monkey on Twitter? Oh, I did not know that. And I'm interested to hear about the this past. This is the second time Roseanne Barr has called a person a cross between a monkey and something else. A black person cross between a monkey and something else on social media that is incredibly um, racist so i don't know how long roseanne you've been taking ambient for but i suggest you see your doctor because you may have a problem agreed yeah yeah yeah, yeah i agree with you there also just a follow-up on that before we transition out uh, yeah. the manufacturer of ambient came out and said on twitter today that there are numerous side effects <laughs> to pharmaceuticals but none of them includes racism Huh. So that's an interesting factoid for you guys to consider before uh, make, passing judgment on Roseanne Barr it's, uh, about this. It's funny because I did not think I heard racism in that two-minute long list. Yeah, of, they do the ad, and then at yeah, the yeah. end they're like, yeah. may cause heart, heart failure, your butt may leak, death, your arms may fall off. Uh, not racism. No. Anti-racism. Intestine falling out of your anus. Mm-hmm. No reason. Uh, I feel like coronary I feel failure. like if they're gonna list death, mm-hmm. 
uh, racism should be on there. Racism would probably be. Well, maybe we need to. Racism. Maybe they need to add that. I guess I don't know. We'll see how far this gets in court. But I guess our, I, I, maybe we need to. Maybe we need to petition to get those things put onto those forms. Absolutely. Like, yeah. What, what are your feelings about minorities? Yeah. Thoughts of suicide. Wall, thoughts walls. of uh, walls needing to be built. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Thoughts of. What are your thoughts on chain migration? Yeah, thoughts of open, uh, questions open like borders. That. Yeah, all that stuff needs to be on there. You have two immigrants. I'd be interested to see Sweden. the control studies on that. I think that it would. I mean, we'd really start to see we a could divide do so. there. We could do. We could do a Bia special event where we both take Ambien. That would and then be fill out questionnaires about our feelings towards minorities. Oh yeah, and we'll just see if it changes at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll we'll fill like, we'll some out before, we'll yeah. fill some out after. Minorities, including people created of shadows that are currently surrounding me. Yeah, I yeah. have a somewhat positive impression. Yeah. Now, you forget how to read. If somebody reads the test to us, will that still be, will, will be able to understand what's being read to us? I had no interaction with uh, <sighs> any other human while I was on Ambien the one time that I took it. This is going to so be a great bit. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be fun. We'll see. It's going to be real fun. We're going to watch me and Gavin get real fucked up on Ambien right. and try to struggle our way through human speech and dialogue. While we op- answer open-ended questions. Answering open-ended questions. About our feelings on minorities. Yeah. That's going to be fantastic. <laughs> I think that's going to be a great special episode. It'll be of a great thing to do live. Of course, we should go get ourselves prescriptions for Ambien before we do this. I do illegal shit. <laughs> we did, but hood. not things that break TOS. No, no. Just hood stuff. Just hood shit you know, with my friends. Smoking cigarette, doing bad things. Drew, mm-hmm. have you heard the word? What's the word? The word is, watch out, Russian hitmen. Oh, because they're resurrecting the people that you've because killed? Because they're resurrecting the fucking dead. Yes. That's right. In case you hadn't heard about it, a famous uh, Russian Russian opposition journalist uh, was reported dead yesterday in yeah. Kiev. Shot by Russian hitmen. Killed in his home. Killed in his home. Turns out. By the most dramatic of reveals at press co- live press conference, this guy is not dead. Mm-hmm. He is alive, and the whole thing was a sting operation yeah. to catch the actual hitman. Yes, and so I read a few articles about this today, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm just going to break down my current understanding of it. This guy was a, or slash is, a very vocal opponent to the Kremlin. Yes. The uh, Russia. Him, but there's no fucking way. Yeah. Yeah. His, you know, Russian names, we've tried it on the show before. It's always a Very fail. hard to do. Like, it confuses people so, more than it forms. This guy okay. was an opponent to the Russian media, the state-run media. Uh, he was very against their propaganda and the way that they spread lies to their people. And, uh... The Russian government attempted to assassinate him, and they faked his death to the point where his own family believed that he was dead. His wife. The initial report is that his wife had found him bleeding on the uh, bleeding on the pavement outside their home. Yeah, uh, shot in the back multiple times, and that he died in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. Pretty fucking serious so shit, wife, if you ask me. His. They went so far as to include his wife as the person who found him dead and bleeding. Yeah, dying because she did. And when he made his appearance today, he apologized specifically to his wife, first of all, because he was like, hey, sorry, I'm not dead. (laughs) You know, those Russians. (laughs) But this guy's uh, he's Ukrainian, right? This happened in Kiev, the capital of Ukraine today. He's he's, yes, it happened in the Ukraine today. Okay, was the uh, was the the big reveal. Yes. As we call it. Uh, I, I love this, dude. Uh, there's there's been so much going on Russia for years now, and maybe this is honestly maybe this is the first time we've heard about it because it's the first time they've done this in such a public they've done this in a public way. Right. Yeah. But Russia and it was dramatic. Yeah, it was very dramatic. Uh, Russia and because maybe it's because it was in the Ukraine is why there was so much drama associated with because this. Because the the bridge to Crimea Crimea, Crimea. was recently revealed and right you know. and I I think. 
you know, because this is the first time we've really seen something like this out and out fucking plot from a movie. I mean, it's the first time I've even heard about something like this. Right. Is this something, is this like a regular happening? Well, that's the question is like, how often does this really happen? Because it seems so often that we hear about these Russian assassinations or assassination mm-hmm. attempts in, in the case of recently. Yeah, and I mean, ago. well, I mean, successful assassinations. Successful. So yeah, they, often. The Russians are killing people left and right. And they do it, and they do it in a way to make a point. Multiple multiple uh, Kremlin opponents have been shot in front of the Kremlin. Yes, and or uh, shot while doing media briefs, yep. uh, poisoned through radiation yep. on more than one occasion. Yep. Uh, there's the list goes on and on and we could spend all day talking about it, but like, what is this something that's going to make a difference in Russia's, uh, I don't know. Are we going to call it a assassination policy at this point? Well, that's the question is, is this something that they have been, that they've been doing all along? Like, is this the, is this the equivalent of the FBI coming out and saying, we busted up a terrorist ring? Just so that people know that you know. I don't it's think going so, man. On. I think that if but that they're doing I, it, I don't like want to say. Show. I don't want to say Ukraine specifically, but I would say the world as a whole. If they were attempting to uh, show off the fact that they knew these Russian hits were coming, it would have been a bigger reveal than just this one guy. I mean, it may point to the fact that. <laughs> We know that they're coming, but I don't think that they're, they're saying that, hey, we have the ability to stop all of these assassinations. Well, and of course, the media the media response to this, uh, coming from the Committee to Protect Journalists, is that uh, they're released, relieved he's alive, but Ukrainian authorities must disclose what type of situation would have made them lie to journalists like this. Uh, yeah, I wonder why they would do that. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's a I think that's a pretty nice turn right there. We could go into Elon Musk and his turn on journalists here lately, because it seems yeah. that is the attitude that they the journalists do and and the media do tend to take when somebody lies to them, misleads them, or even really accuses them of missing the point on mm-hmm. an art on something. Is this a att- they they attack back? Yeah, without ever really it seems looking at the things that they're doing wrong. And mm-hmm. where this comes where this comes in is um Elon Musk just recently and he's a fucking crazy ass billionaire uh, who does crazy ass billionaire things for sure. But he he attacked the media recently because he was tired of the Tesla of the Tesla coverage. Mm-hmm. And I somewhat get his point. I get his point. So you're talking about Tesla coverage when so, you say that you mean the the Tesla, one time that a Tesla vehicle struck a pedestrian, right? Uh, Elon Musk Elon Musk is well the Tesla problem is people keep thinking that autopilot is autonomous, is fully autonomous. Yeah, even though it's explicitly stated throughout the process of purchasing that vehicle. In fact, I'm pretty sure there's a message that comes up when you turn it on. Yeah, that you are not supposed to use this as an autopilot in any way. It's not an autonomous driving vehicle. It is. It uses autonomous When stuff. you're on the highway, you can press this button and it'll coast for you and stay in the lane. Stay in the lane and yeah. brake a little bit if need be. Yeah. Uh, well, yes, yeah, so he... So his biggest problem is the way that they were covering this broken ankle in that crash. Uh, and I get his point when it comes to the larger, when it comes to the larger way of how the media is covering autonomous vehicles. I don't think they're really. They seem to be focusing on the fact that these crashes are happening, and then just glancing over the point that when these crashes are happening, the crashes are happening because it's the fault of the human driver. Right, and, and except for in the case of the uh, Uber crash re- recently, where it turned out they didn't have the emergency brake settings activated. Mm-hmm. They didn't have it set to emer- to hit up emergency brakes and to stop. And that was the only case that the driver wasn't the one controlling the vehicle, right? Right. So in all of these reports that we've seen recently where pedestrians have been struck by autonomous vehicles, there has only been one where the vehicle was actually assuming control and it was because of a oversight in that software that didn't enable the emergency braking. All the coverage of all the coverage though recently has been that Elon Musk is throwing a Trump like fit. 
Yeah. And that Trump, that he got this from Trump. And what I'm kind of worried about is, is this now going to be the new norm? The new norm when it comes to if you say, if you say that there's something wrong, they're focusing on something. Okay. Here's my response to that. Donald Trump has been resisting accusations from the media for his entire presidency, if I may say so. His entire public life. Entire public life, yeah, you're right. But, I mean, let's concentrate specifically on what we've been covering in this room. Donald Trump has been refuting accusations that we are making about his connections with his campaign in Russia and all of this stuff. We can take that and compare that to what Elon Musk is doing right now. Mm -hmm. So, on one hand, we've got Donald Trump who is... He's trying to refute irrefutable evidence. I mean, he's trying to say that things are lies when they have come up organically. They're completely legitimate sources of information. Right. Elon Musk is trying to say, here is the legitimate information. Take that in con- into consideration before you pass judgment. Well, the problem is that he's not saying that. Okay, well, what, he, what he's uh, saying is you, what he's saying is the, the media is lying, and he is dumb about that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I I don't agree with the fact that Elon Musk is approaching this from that way, but I do think that Elon Musk has a platform that he could get on if he really concentrated on kind of like putting his own point of view out there and actually spreading the facts versus what the accusations are. But now that. Let's move this. Let's move this a little bit into kind of well, the future and more of like, because I'm interested to see. Does this tiff between Elon Musk and the media end up influencing their coverage of autonomous vehicles and cra- autonomous crashes in the future to be even more aggressive on the side of being against being against pushing, autonomous pushing for vehicles full safety before anything ever okay. happens. So, all right. Because that, it already seems to be the way that they're pushing anyway. Is that we correct. shouldn't we shouldn't do autonomous vehicles until there yeah, are everything zero, is one hundred percent safe. Yeah. safe and- so that's an interesting point to bring up. I think that realistically, as with any emerging technology of any kind, we need to look at what testing is being done to mm-hmm. ensure that these vehicles are safe for wide use. Absolutely, and. Tesla is one of those companies that is trying to be thorough about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, I don't think that his yeah, specific Uber. reaction to this yeah. is going to influence media coverage. I think that the facts will. And the facts will come out themselves regardless of what he says. Man, I don't believe in the media like you do. I guess when it comes down to, to the news media. I just don't. Especially when it comes to the 24-hour news media cycle, because that's where a lot of this talk is going on. That's where a lot of these oh yeah, I agree with you. analysis start and then spread out through the blogosphere. Yeah, we've seen a lot of sensationalist topics, especially since we've been doing this show and we've been analyzing news coverage and the 24-hour cycle. It's that, that's a hundred percent true. I watched, and it's bizarre to me because uh, well, let's let's move to the just a quick aside over into the uh, North Korea talks. I watched an entire 10-minute report on North Korea on CNN. Okay. And they didn't once talk about the fact that the reason that they're demoing their nuclear site is because it collapsed. Yeah, they've not, they've not said that at all. They don't say that at all? No. They said that they made a public display out of... Uh, out of blowing the stuff blowing up. Blowing it up. But yeah. no talk whatsoever about the fact that it was already destroyed before they said that they were going to give it up. Right, yeah. That's not been anywhere present in those coverage. Which is bizarre to me. It's it's absolutely bizarre because it seems to be like they're setting it up in a... Everyone's trying to get to the table. Why can't Trump get to the table? Mm-hmm. And I think he's... Trust me, I think Trump is wrong for a completely different reason mm-hmm. when it comes to this North stuff. But it's the right. same reason I think the media is wrong in pushing this kind of narrative. Is that... There's really nothing coming out of it anyway. But once they've set their tone on it, they've decided – now that they've decided that that's the way that this is going to be presented, do you think that 
do you think that they'll resist that urge to do that with autonomous vehicles? Or do you think that the narrative has already been that they're already starting to sense the fear? Because there have been smaller and as more and more companies are trying, there are more and more of these little incidents that then get that's, played out through the That's an interesting way to bring up that conversation. And I, I I do acknowledge that there's a point that needs to be made along that line, but I I don't really see the development of no driver technology and vehicles or automatic driver technology. Uh, I don't, I don't see that being along the same lines as the talks with North Korea, like, or, well, no, or any just, of these issues. Like I, this I is, just this is, this is, I, I understand that what you're saying is that there's a precedent, right? There's like, well, a, that's just, that's just an example of, you can give plenty yeah, yeah. of we can give plenty of other examples. Right, right, right. And I I agree with you there that there have been a lot of examples, you know, in totally obvious public forums that point to what you're saying. But with this kind of topic, I would mm. say maybe not. I I don't personally think that we're going to see that. Personally, you know, if you're asking my personal opinion, and I'm I'm not an expert on. Autonomous driver technology well, no, or think, anything. This but is more I, of a question about like, do you do you think that the news media has already decided to has already set their narrative for for being against it for for autonomous vehicles? Yeah, I I don't think so. No. I and I say that because although we have seen a lot of negative reporting, think about uh, and I hate to be the person that draws parallels where they're not deserved Uh but think about air travel right when you hear about a accident with an airplane or people die in the alps or whatever that is such a small percentage of air travel that exists Mm. i believe that's what we will see with autonomous driver technology we are gonna see reports highlighting the mis- communications and the shortcomings and we're not going to see a lot regarding the strides being made in this technology that actually benefit the consumer yeah so i personally think that we're going to look towards a future where not too far from now we're going to see cars without drivers that need to be behind the wheel uh that all is of course going to depend on legislation passed by congress but it's but, a total possibility. But the legislation passed by Congress is going to depend on public perception. Yeah, you're very right about that. And I think that's where – that's why I think this is an important conversation now. Oh, yeah. We should definitely because... be we – should, we should be having this conversation all over the country because it's not yeah. just you and me and the people that are listening to this podcast and watching this stream. It's everybody needs to be involved in this, especially if you live in a metropolitan area that has – Mm-hmm. These companies testing these vehicles and they're trying to get on the roads without drivers. Uh, as of right now, most of them have people behind the wheel as a safety measure, right? Yeah, I drive very slow. Uh, they're driving at very slow speeds. But Tesla, for instance, which is the company we're talking about, wants to make this go to transfer trucks as soon as, soon as yeah. possible. 18 wheelers. So we're talking about the largest heaviest vehicles on the road without somebody behind the wheel. Of course, they're going to test it first, but I think we could justify the media coverage behind that being somewhat skeptical because it could be super dangerous. If they approach this in the wrong yeah. way, it could be terrible for people. people. A lot of people could die. But Tesla is one of those companies that I personally see as being more on the responsible end of things. And you know me, I'm I'm new to this supporting capitalist thing. I, I don't really see Elon Musk as this paragon of hope for capitalism that, that we just see as being the savior of the economy. But I think that we do need to look at the positive qualities that he has and say, this guy has a legitimate interest in bettering society he is trying to do what's best for us and automated driverless vehicles those are you know unequivocally a bad a good thing i don't think that they could be considered bad if they work and if a few dipshit money managers have to die on the process well 
Oh man. <laughs> I don't want to say Yeah. I'm not going to say anything. That, nothing about overthrowing the bourgeoisie. That also brings me to a new point I heard today, which was that uh, people are claiming that automation is removing jobs in manufacturing specifically from the United States. And I think that's something that we need to address on the show. But I I just want to mention really quick that I don't believe automation is a negative thing. I think automation is something that is key to advancing human society it's key to advancing the economy and that may be we need more factories making more things shipping them to more places that's why it's important that we that we try and help other countries be better countries right yes so we can open more factories where more people can work yep and we can ship out more goods to people who can afford them exactly and one thing that i see people saying involving this argument is uh you have conservatives that are 100% against regulation unless it benefits them, right? Yes. So I could just see it now. Some Republican senator somewhere mm-hmm. is going to say, let's ban robots from taking the jobs of people. It's going to come from Michigan. It's probably going to be Michigan. Or Ohio. I would say Michigan or uh, another state that starts with an M. Specifically, Minnesota. I think it gets. Uh, I think it gets promoted. I have no reason to think. I think that. it gets promoted and then it gets shut down before the campaign's even over. You know, I don't think that it's something that's get, that should gain that much traction. But just on the off chance it does, I want to be on record and say, automation is great for American capital allocation. It's great for labor resources because when you have Automation come into place that can take a human's place in manufacturing or mm-hmm. service or whatever the industry might be. You have advancement of capital. You have the advancement of human labor. They are able to move to a greater stream. They're, they're able to move on to something that more asks their human ability of an input than a, pressing a button. And I work in an industry that favors that highly i mean you can't have manufacturing existing without some kind of automation and it's gonna eventually get to the point where humans are further and further removed from the equation i think that's a huge deal and we will see that continue over time especially very rapidly as automation happens and i just think that we should embrace that rather than trying to fight it as i am 100% sure there's conservatives no reason, will try to do there's no reason to fight it we've seen what happens when you fight emerging technologies we've spent all this time we spent my entire lifetime fighting against solar 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 uh, panels and fighting against hydroelectric power ah. hydroelectric fighting, yeah thank you fighting against every possible alternative uh, energy source Right. And it's put us so far behind the eight ball now that we're completely dependent on countries that, abs- as we were in the past, still completely dependent on countries that absolutely hate us. Yeah. And even when we try to enter into that market, shale, they still have control and are able to crush our ability to produce, our ability to make money off of what we produce. Yeah. That's what we saw when gas prices went down. In case you didn't know, the reason gas prices went down is that that wonderful reform we all like from Saudi Arabia had a great plan. The plan was, if we make if we make oil cheap enough, they can't make Americans can't make money off of oil, off of shale oil. They'll shut down all the fields, and then we jack, can jack the price back up because we'll we become just, more reliant on it. But we put it just on we put it just on that point where they still can't bring up, but they still can't bring the fields back up because it could fall at any point and make it not profitable. Right. That's where we're sitting at right now. Uh. Completely out, we're complete. Our own destiny is completely out of out of our hands because we're not. We didn't focus on those technologies. Right. So now we're gonna do the same. We can't do the same thing with automation. I agree with you, and I actually, since we're on the topic, I want to go ahead and bring up another related renewable energy source that we have alienated ourselves from in one way or another. Uh, when Barack Obama was president, he had major subsidies go toward the American solar production market. Mm-hmm. 
right? So do you know what country we are getting most of our social, solar energy harnessing equipment from right now? It's China. China is the country that we're getting all of you that from. Like give me chance to pause for dramatic effect like I don't know. I wanted to be on. more dramatic. Dun dun. That's not more dramatic. China. Less pause is not more dramatic, Drew. Okay. I need to work I need I need to learn how yeah, acting yeah, works. But your... anyway. So we've seen American manufacturing of solar equipment dramatically decrease because a lot of these companies uh that receive bailouts from well, the were... Barack, Barack Obama presidency uh, go under because we haven't had their support from the federal government. Well, the program was immediately attacked by conservatives. It was immediately attacked. Yeah, exactly. And, they, they and I was getting to the, that. They yeah. pointed to the – this is why you never make anything a banner project for a program. Yes. It's because they pointed to that one company that they made the banner project that right. it turned out actually lied about everything mm-hmm. and folded soon after, uh, soon after the announcement. Um but yeah, 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 you're right about that. And that's what that's what I was getting at is that we can take these we can cherry pick examples all day long when it comes to any of these industries. Mm-hmm. But what we really need to do is if we want to have confidence in some kind of American manufacturing, we need to support them and we need to buy American products and that's not something that five or six people can do. It's a it's a nationwide thing. But it's, at the same time, I want to propose this question to okay. you before you interject. Yeah. I want you to tell me your opinion on the Chinese dumping of this equipment and whether or not we should purchase Chinese solar. Because I think, personally, that if we had access to affordable solar tech and we could harness that energy cheaper... I say, let's do... Thing. I say we buy Chinese solar... Mm-hmm. We figure out how they made it cheap and effective, and then we reverse engineer it and do the same thing that they do to us with our tech. Right. That's what they do to us. Yeah. I mean, you're 100% right I mean, about that's that. That's what's going to be done. Yeah. Uh, no, I, yeah. You know what? Fuck it. Ch- buy Chinese solar. Buy Chinese solar until American solar is is up and running. Yeah. You know, it's it's not. Well, it's I mean, not it goes back to what we were just it's, talking about, about. It's not our responsibility to make this economy go. Yeah. That's been that's what they've been telling us over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. That it comes down to us spending our money. Just shut up and spend your money right. and the economy will work. That's yeah. what they told us after the Bush tax cuts mm-hmm. when they dumped all that money on us and they said, Go spend your money. Yeah. Go spend, spend. The best you can th- thing you can do for this economy is to spend your money. You know what happened? We had a negative two percent bad had, stuff. We have negative two percent savings over that period. Yep. And shortly after that was when the recession hit. Yeah. And that that is a, an important thing. So, to consider when it comes to specifically government incentive programs on the economy. It's not us. That's just just the thing is that it's not us that moves the economy anymore. It does to an ex- to a large extent. It's a world economy. There's a world economy. We have Big. to be we have to be creating we have to be creating durable goods. Yes. We can, we're not going to bring t-shirts back. We're not bringing fucking bobbles back. Yeah. We need to be building large durable goods. We need to be Washing machines, yeah. solar panels, and a, trucks. A, just for those of you that don't know, a durable good is something that a household or business would expect to use for five or more years. Yeah. So Maybe a big ticket item. The big ticket items, the things that we actually can make money on, and the places where we can use our ability, use our universities and our education system and our funding for research in science to create technologies and new innovations to make those products better. Exactly. And, and that's where all that and then and then we create then we build those products in America and we ship them out to the world. Yes. To economies that hopefully we've helped become better. Yep. That serve their own citizens so that their citizens have money to spend on washing machines and on trucks and on solar panels for their houses or the money to be- start their own businesses which are going to require even bigger, more complex, more expensive machines that we're also building. And that's our competitive advantage. I don't know. It we seems, have the ability seems, to do that. It seems like when we don't just all hoard the money mm-hmm. at the top, we can actually get some shit going. And that's one of the problems that we often talk about on this show mm-hmm. is we have no way of making sure that wealth is not hoarded by a small percentage of the population. And I'm not – I'm currently – I am not trying to advocate for – you know, storming into the house of every person that lives in Beverly Hills or 
every person that lives in Manhattan and just stabbing them and taking their dog and stealing their salami and all that shit. I'm not wanting to do that because I don't want to have to do that. And then you cut out the Benjamin Franklin faces and then you stick them to the dog blood all over the face. And it'll be the purge part four. I'm sure that's coming out at some point. Absolutely. But Uh, we are not advocating that. No, it does not need to happen. Fantasizing. There are better ways to do this. Peaceful ways. Advocating? No. Vote. Just vote. 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 God damn it. I mean, seriously. All you people who didn't vote because Bernie didn't win, go fuck yourself. This is your fault. I was a huge Bernie supporter. Still voted. I didn't want to vote for Hillary Clinton either. Oh my god, I didn't want to vote. Still did it. I still don't like the fact that I was forced to do that. No, 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 no. But it would have been way better than what we have going on right now. Even yeah. though she was under investigation by the FBI. Turns out, so was somebody else. So, <laughs> I don't I don't know, y'all. Uh, Drew, do you have do you have a bit off of this week, man? A bien? Yeah. Dude, you know what? I'm just going to go on record and say it. After all of the shit Rudy Giuliani has been saying recently. Okay. He's my pick. He's your bia this week? Yeah. Give me a give me a give me a good one. Give me a good give me a good Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani, you have been parodied by the media since the nineties when Chris Farley played your son on Saturday Night Live, and you have since decreased your standing in the public eye. And for that, I award you this week's. I got one more special one. All right, let's do it. Uh, so everyone out there knows we're we're fans of the Lord. This is a show predominantly about Jesus Christ and His teachings and uh, what they mean to our lives. And as that, I just want to say I'm not an atheist. By the way, I'm not. I'm not like what? super for. Hold on. What about those words? says atheist i i i just said i i, I said I acknowledge support. your sar- sarcasm i'm just acknowledging there's sarcasm it. there's no hold on i'm sorry oh. for being the first person that acknowledges sarcasm today i am sorry i'm just gonna drink more alcohol anyway it's because of this support and love from our lord that we are able to bring you his message every week now we want to make sure that everyone who wants to spread the gospel can't do that. So we need you to go. I need you to find televangelist Jesse Duplantis. Duplantis? Jesse. Good old Jesse. Jesse is concerned with his ability to get around the world to preach the gospel. You see, the three private jets that he owns currently, each valued at $36 million, will not make it all the way around the world on one single tank of gas. Mm. And Sounds that's like why, he needs some help. And that's why, my friends, we need your help. We need you to find Jesse. Send him everything you can spare. Because Jesse needs $56 million for that special, special jet. Just a measly five, six people. Five, six. Sure, he could sell one of his other jets. Mm. Hell, he could probably sell three other jets. Testify! Lord doesn't want him to do that. No, sir! What the Lord wants is for you to go find Jesse. And give him exactly what he deserves. One great big capital B. All right. Get out of my house. See you guys. Good week.